Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia. I'm joined by fellow consultant Liana Sangster. Hey, Liana. Hi, Dom. So I've had a call, actually two calls in the last week with very similar issues that I wanted to bring up. And so they were looking for advice. In both of these scenarios, effectively, they were, they were internal practitioners who were debriefing the boss kind of thing, debriefing an executive member who was a higher level than them. But their real concern was around giving them feedback in their LSI too. So the feedback from other people, that was really defensive. And what they were worried about, particularly in the breakout, so they could see the feedback from the MD maybe was really aggressive, really passive to their direct reports. Or maybe it was between, and the other call was between pairs. So the pairs saw each other as really defensive. And their concern was, if I debrief this, if I show them this, I'm worried that I'm going to make the situation worse. I'm worried that they're going to get set off and go autonomic on it. And so they were asking, you know, the initial question was, can we unbreak out the results? Can we combine them all back up together and not show it so it all kind of comes out in the wash? Um, <laughs> and when I said I suggest not, it was then how, how do we deal with it? So what do you think? Well, there is something, isn't there, about seeing big blobs of red and green on a page in the LSI format. Like there is something uh, in that that is that can be confronting. Let's uh-huh. not move away from that. One of the things that we say in the training is that you you just don't know how someone's going to respond. But having said that, I still think it is a really valid question, particularly if you're new to debriefing, to be conscious around how someone might emotionally respond to that feedback and what are they going to do with it. So uh-huh. how do you make sure that the experience is valuable and people don't walk away, get frustrated or, or aim at you for giving them the feedback, shoot the messenger. Uh-huh. The reality is... Especially if you're internal, yeah. Yeah, if you're internal. I mean, there's, there are things you can do in a debrief. You can only control so much at the end of the day. So to be, to be mindful of that, I suppose one of the things, if I see feedback like that, I will go back to the LSI one. But from a practical point of view, I would, with the individual, I would be upfront talking to them about how they felt their relationships were. You also talk about the performance and really what's valuable to them in this experience of getting feedback because I think you find in organisations that people don't necessarily sign themselves up for this. The organisation has signed them up. Uh-huh. So it's not like they've chosen mm. to do it. Mm. So it, it is important to ask the individual what is, what is of value to them mm. and what do they want to get out of the process. If they say to you, I really want to be clear on how people see me or I want areas for development, at least it gives you an anchor point to, to refer back to. Yeah. So straight up, I think it's about setting the frame of what they really want out of the process, but digging around in the current state for them. But so I think their concern was, you know, the risk of damaging the relationship further. Between the coach and the... No, between the so between the person and their peers, or between them and the ah, their yes, MD, totally was the concern because you know oh I'm going to give them this really everyone thinks they're super defensive, they might react really badly to that, and so they're quite concerned about giving that, and that's why they want to kind of I guess combine it all so it evens out and it's not so down to one person or one group kind of stuff, and I, mm. I think the 
the question I asked back to them, which, you know, I think is pretty fundamental, is they probably, you know, do they already know? Is it a surprise? Or, you know, because generally when you see that, it's a comment on the relationship we have, isn't it? If I experience you as really defensive, aggressive or passive or both, then it's probably there's issues in our relationship. Yeah. You know? So I think it's it's not a surprise. It won't be a surprise. I mean, that's what you're saying about front-loading the debriefs or having a big chat before you even open up the report, having to chat about where they're at, what is their experience in the team. Yeah. You know, asking those questions, exploring that because unlikely it's a surprise. You know, it could be, but I think it's unlikely it's a surprise. And uh, yeah, I mean, you may find that the individual shows up defensively with you as well, if that's the pattern. So it could be that you're walking into quite a defended individual, uh-huh. in which case, you know, you're, you should be waiting your time on on making sure the person is in a place where they are open to feedback. So if I come into to a session and I find that someone is really defensive, I'm really conscious to get them to a place. Uh. You know, so whatever it is that they need reinforcing on, do they need to be reinforced that it's confidential, that it stays uh-huh. between you and uh-huh. the person, that the data is is one data set and it's it becomes a snapshot yours. in time. Yep. Snapshot in time. We talk yep. about perception being attribution theory. So when we look at feedback, people are attributing something they see you do and they're interpreting it. And so there's not about right or wrong, but you know, what is it that we may be doing that's causing people to see those things? So really front loading. Again, the other thing I talk about is this is not about effective or ineffective, but how do we maximize your effectiveness? And and think asking individuals how do they feel? Like if you go to the satisfaction items, do you it's very rare that I would see a defensive feedback profile and not have something in the satisfaction items for the individual that isn't showing up somewhere. So it's either in the relationships they're not happy with, it's they're not happy with their organization, or perhaps they're not happy with the yeah. level of stress. So yeah. like if that's, you know, explore those in depth before you get into it. And yeah, if you're in that defensive behavior or thinking pattern, then you're probably not happy with something or something's not working. It's highly unlikely that you would be. Something's not working for you. So, so what's the so, real goal here? So, so I think that's a good point though. So often, yeah, I, I won't open up straight to the circumplex. I'll have the chat up front. So before we open anything, let's just chat about what's going on. Because you're setting the scene, you're getting their mindset around, you know, where where are things at. Then when we do go to the report, often I'll start at the back in that case, at the outcome items. So they rate things like like relationships with coworkers, which we're guessing might be there. Or maybe if it's only one person or one group, maybe it's in the middle. Mm. Why Mm. is it in the middle? Why is it not higher or lower? Why was some people on like this, some people like that? And what's going on for you right now? Like, how are you feeling? What's going on for you, you know? And so it's asking all those questions. So you haven't even looked at the circumflex yet, but you've got a lot of that story and context already. So so when we do go there, it's not a surprise. And then then I think it's also good is, is drawing the circumflex. So after that, rather than just doing the grand reveal, yeah, you know, here it is, in. color it in. And the reason we do that, like sometimes people are like, oh, this is stupid, just show me the show me the results. But the reason we do that is because it slows people down to reflect as they yeah. go. And there's not a the grand reveal, it's all there, and it's kind of like, whoa, that's a lot to take in. It reveals itself as they go around. And I think there's something valuable to that, especially when it's challenging feedback. Yeah, and I think – you know, the other thing that I sometimes do is ask, what What do you think people, what do people see you do? Like, talk me, talk me through what you're like when you are with your peer group. How often do you come together? How do you show up? How do you communicate? What do people, like when you walk into the office in the day, what do people see you do? 
Because I actually want them to start thinking about that before they get the feedback that, mm. you know, so if they start saying things like, oh, I don't have time to say hello to people or I usually just come straight in and get, get the job done or whatever it is, you can start mm. to get them to think about how that might show up on a circumplex mm. so really from a practical point of view. Yeah. And I, I keep it around, you know, it's, it's feedback. It's a statement of where we're at at the moment, but, you know, what do we want to be different? You know, how does it get in our way? Is it working for us? All those kinds of questions get them focused forward because and ultimately like I said to I said to one of the people who called up I was like gave them feedback they could have not given them feedback right it's easy to just not fill in the survey yeah true that you know and so okay some maybe want to use it as a weapon maybe could mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. but they took time out of their day and they were, ex- they were executives uh, and stuff so they have you know busy They've- schedules and they took time out to do it and it's almost like they talk in customer service if a customer complains to you. That's actually better because it means they want you to do something to Yeah. They still want to be a customer. Yeah. It's the customer who just silently disappears is the one that's a problem. Nice, because nice there's analogy. nothing you can do. The one who actually complains is trying to let you know that, hey, I'm unhappy. Mm. I still want to be a customer. Can you do something about it? So in this case, Actually, by taking the time to fill out the survey, they're saying it's showing of respect, isn't it? Well, we want to we want to do something about it. I suppose, yeah. And I, there's that. There's also, I mean, if you think you're, you're going to get into a situation where, and I have had this happen to me in my early days, where you're worried about what might happen outside of the room once you've uh-huh. given the feedback. Because yep. I think part of that query that came to you was a bit of concern around. That's all great that I'm giving them feedback, but what are they then going to do? Uh huh. And. I have had that scenario where I've given feedback and the individual has, you know, I thought my instructions or suggestions were clear about looking into the report and, you know, becoming a bit familiar with it. But her approach was to take the items and put them on a flip chart paper and and ask directly from her her direct reports for examples of the behaviour, which, you know, given the feedback was quite defensive, that was difficult for them to do, uh-huh. and it didn't work very well as a strategy. You know, I came back to Give me, me really frustrated. Give me an example of how I'm hostile and yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Tell me when I've done this. And she came back to me and said, "Well, it's, I went and asked them, and they couldn't tell me." So, you know, so it's kind wrong. Of, yeah, disputing it, like, and also underneath there was kind of help me. I'm struggling here. And so, if you've got someone like that who might move to action quite quickly, you know, and do something that could be more destructive, I think it's helpful to chunk out the phases early on before you do the debrief that, you know, the first stage is really just awareness raising. Yes. And, you know, we're going to, in probably the next four to six weeks, we'll get to a point where you might reach out to people who've given you feedback and share with them your learnings, but it's probably not advisable that you do that after session one, Uh, depending uh. on what we get to. But just like sit, you know, set some expectations around what you might expect as an emotional response and I'm going to be with you to help you through the process and to put a bit of structure around and some support so that they mm. may not rush and do what my last client did. Mm. <laughs> that was a learning for me. Yeah, and <laughs> right. And I think that's where the importance of that saying it's your report, we're not going to share it with anyone kind of stuff goes. So it's not it's not that it was a weapon, so they're not rushing out and like give me examples of this because no one's going to give you a straight answer, especially if it's really defensive. You know, give me an example of this. Oh, I've never seen that in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. You're great. Don't know why it looks like that. Well, it must be yeah. wrong then. Everyone told me I'm great. So, you know, and that's why you use tools like this because it gives people a chance to give you some honest, straight feedback. Yeah. And why we don't do things like verbatim sentences where people can write in things because 
A, people put much more weight into that than they should. And B, you start unpicking like, who's, that looks like Leon is writing, you know. Um, Which is, defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Of- it does. So so it's it's really though, yeah, don't go charging out asking for that kind of feedback. And people generally, even if you have a fairly constructive profile, but, you know, one extension somewhere, people aren't good at giving, depending on their own LSI, on giving straight up feedback, to be frank. People aren't good at giving challenging feedback. So, but what, I suppose you do get clients sometimes that really don't connect with their data. That's true. Yeah, I've so seen that before. Really, it's really constructive. And I really don't get it. I've seen really constructive LSI one, really defensive LSI two, and they just did not get it for the life of them. And it was a tough debrief because I was like, you know, huh, why do you think people might be picking up like this? And they genuinely had no idea. Yeah, it's they a blind couldn't spot. name it. Mm. Really, like big disconnect. So um, I guess the reason I raise that is because that's when people might use, you know, genuinely go and ask for, for examples from people to make sense of the feedback, but it's mm. it's just not always your first go-to as a way of getting that. Or if you're going to do that, take it to someone who you're pretty solid with. So mm. maybe it's a partner, maybe it's a sibling, mm. someone who knows you really well. Mm-hmm. You can probably go and do that with, mm-hmm. but it might not be your direct reports or your peers at, at that stage. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, so it's interesting because they had this fear about, you know, giving this hard feedback. I think like we talked about, it's it's not a secret. It's better to actually have it out there and talk about it and do something about it. It's an opportunity to actually mm. do something different because it's hard rebuilding relationships and stuff is hard and, and sometimes you need an event or a moment to to make it a new effort to make a change. And this can provide it. Mm. So I think you're not actually doing them a favor by hiding it, pretending it didn't happen. They know it did. So you're not helping them. You're just really pushing underground. And if we think about, you know, where are we at if we're as coaches, what's going through our mindset? You know, are we taking, what's the constructive approach to the issue? Yeah. Versus perhaps the avoidant approach. Oops, I don't want to upset people. Yeah, the safe approach. The safe approach. So we've got to be aware of that too. So what's driving it? You know, it's going to be uncomfortable could be quite uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but we're doing it from a place of support and we're doing it from a place of actually wanting to genuinely help them. Yeah. And if we're doing that, then I think, you know, we're okay. And that's sometimes easy to say, especially if it's the boss or something, you might be, could this end badly for me? But I think, you know, then it's in smart how you do it. So you don't just lay it on them. You have that conversation up front. Yep. Provide ongoing support. You talk about it before you go to drawing the circumflex and then looking at it and, and seeing it up as it's a point in time it gives us a chance to do something about it. Yeah. You know? Some of the things I've learned to sort of chime in over the times where it's practical is to say things like it's not all of you as well, like this is how you're currently operating. Does it mean it's all of who you are? Absolutely. Like it's that moment in time thing. Absolutely. And I, I was doing that with someone yesterday. I just paused them because they said, I'm a perfectionist. Mm. I am a perfectionist. And it's... No, actually, you might think and behave in perfectionistic ways yes. at times or at the moment. Yes. But you are not a perfectionist. It's not as in soon your as DNA. As soon as you've defined yourself as something, it's then very hard to break. Yep. Right? But we've just learned to think that way. It's like people say, I'm That's competitive. Right. I am competitive. That's who I am. You raise another point, which is that defensive, so all 12 behaviors exist for a reason and- mm. There's eight defensive styles and four constructive. So there's twice as many ways. Yeah, twice as many ways to be defensive. (laughs) 
but they exist for a reason. So we are wired to protect ourselves in threat. Mm. And so they're not there to, it's not a judgment. What's causing you to feel the need to defend yourself at the moment? Mm. Um, right. Because there's often a reason for it. You know, right. and it might be mindset, but it might be situational as well. It might be a breakdown in trust. Like serve a purpose. Yeah. It's just whether if you stay there for a long period of time, it comes back to that age-old question, at what cost? Yeah. And what's the alternative? Back to a previous podcast that we've done, which was on that bargaining, because you could blame the situation while it's the team are forcing me to behave like this or, or you know, this person forcing me to behave like this. Right now, that's how we're dealing with it, but is there another way, you know, and opening up those possibilities? So it's not about just finding excuses either, mm. but about finding a way, a way forward. Eventually. Eventually with it. Yeah, it, I get the apprehension though. You know, like it's tough giving people hard feedback, you know, or, or potentially shocking feedback. And you can feel as the messenger like you might get shot or <laughs> something like that, but if we take a constructive approach to it, you know, you got to talk about it. The stuff exists. Everyone knows it or people are thinking it, whether they fill out a survey or not and whether they know it or not. Yeah. It's not like if, if the tree falls in the woods, it does make a sound, you know. <laughs> and it's not like, it's you know, to your early point, it's not about like helping them find justification, but what's causing you to behave this way. I think it's an important question to ask if you're worried about the feedback, what is causing you? Because you're still, the question is still getting to what, you are doing in the situation. Yes. It's still implying choice. What is causing you to go there? As opposed to saying, this is what you are doing, because you're getting them to think about it from a cause and effect, which is achievement. Mm. We all go to defensive time like time and time again. What mm. is causing mm. me to defend myself? What is causing this behavior to happen? Like mm. that, if you can get people to think about that, then that's not a bad outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And otherwise I think it's just, you know, you got to show up, you know, you got to be kind, be supportive, be kind, be, supportive. be inquiring yeah. um, and encourage a learning opportunity. Yeah. And so it's, so I think the, the lesson is setting it up well, so set up the session well by doing the upfront, you know, it's your report. We're not going to share it it's for development. It's, it's data, it's input to learn something and do something about it. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. And then it's, build that rapport and, and ask, you know, what's going on at the moment? You know, what's happening in the team? Yep, what are your relationships trust. like? And so you're already getting the story and we're already building a picture. Then, you know, depends on your approach, but I'd often go to the satisfaction items, the outcome items at the back of the report first, which has things like relationships with coworkers and various ratings on, on stuff like that. And continuing that conversation, oh, so, you know, you've, rated your relationships with superiors not that high, which, you know, does that key into the stuff we are talking about before, you know, when we're introducing the session? And so building that picture, building that picture, so then it's almost not a massive surprise yeah. in the end. And um, getting them to preempt what do you what think you, people are seeing you do or how and how might that show up in a circumflex context? Yeah, how do you think the different groups, you know, how do you behave in different groups? Because it could be like, yeah, with my direct report, super constructive, but with my peer group, like we just don't get on. Yeah. And, and we about butt heads or something. So yeah, it's preempting what do you think you're going to see. Mm. And people, look, some people don't know and are, are kind of unaware, but I think most people have at least a, you know, a half good estimate of what's going on. Yeah. 
uh, typically speaking. And if not, they do get, they often will get there by the second session. Yeah. A lot of, I think the vast majority of people will. Yeah. And so it was interesting with, I've heard back from one of the people who called up and said it went really well. Yeah. So you can't predict it. So I think it went we really all, your well. earlier point was also be mindful as a coach where you're going to when you're worried about these things. Exactly. It's probably a bit of your anxiety more mm. than more than anything. Yeah. And apparently I think that one was with the MD and it went really well and the MD like thanked them for it and, and actually like I think publicly praised them for how well they had done it. Oh, there, you so go. there you go. You know, at the end of the day, if we don't know, we can't do anything about it. So I always think, you know, knowledge is power. If we know, we can we can proactively you know, do stuff and be better. So I think, you know, honesty or being upfront is always always a good policy in this rather than trying to trying to bury it and you know, check in on yourself when yeah. you're going into those sessions as a coach. Check, check in, in on, on yourself. Your, your mindset. I think that's a great note to end on. Right, thanks Liana. Thanks, Dom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.